0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of podcasting is praxis. Uh, it's my voice tonight because David is out for his birthday. This selfish bastard is pretending that he has a real life, so we're just letting but that go Rob, for now.
1: We have your you, we have your voice like almost every time. Like it's not it's not unusual to hear your voice on this podcast. Yeah, but it is unusual yeah.
0: to hear my voice first. This is all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, but that's yeah. not what you said, though. <laughs> no, he's like, like, he's like, another so...
2: solid banger of a fucking opening. Here, like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: In fairness to Rob, he does have his professional I'm in charge voice that he deploys. It's it's higher pitched and it's friendlier and it's nicer, you know? <laughs> as opposed to the fucking like staring into the abyss cracked kind of voice that he's got when he's usually doing the article reads, so uh,
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: When he's um, doing when he's doing his official business podcast, I doubt he's eating fucking like glasses of uh Kentucky whatever the fuck around and like Slurring his words. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm sadly without alcohol tonight. Um, anyway, so joining uh, us on the podcast tonight are Alistair.
1: Hello. I wasn't expecting to be to- asked first.
3: <laughs> and Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and James. Hello. I am here. Sort of. And we have two
0: very special guests, two for the price of one podcast. The we don't talk about the weather, boys, are back. Uh, Adam and Hugh, thank you guys so much for joining. Thank
5: you. Well, thank, you, thank you for having us. And present. <laughs> 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 I had proper flashbacks doing, looking at stuff for coming on about (laughs) school i had proper ptsd
0: flashbacks
3: hold on a sec. are we doing are we doing schools and education tonight? yes
0: we are doing schools and education the thing that we've told you we were doing three times this week
3: Uh, (laughs) man so i'm i'm dying from the covid booster i got the pfizer whereas my first two like actual shots were astrazeneca lovely admission but astrazeneca does absolutely fucking nothing there um and so i'm kind of like i'm I'm like mad with covid booster here so this is going to be extra curse for me Let's go. Let's you, should have a, you
6: should have got yourself an organic booster like I got, which was just to get coronavirus, <laughs> which
3: I, I, well, I, I tested I, I, did ask for earlier the f- in the week. Yeah, I, d- I, did, I did ask if it had any free range when the nurse was like lining it up, but sadly not. <laughs> um,
1: coronavirus getting the much-wanted much, much uh, we-don't-talk-about-the-weather vouch right there. Yeah, <laughs>
5: would recommend. Good stuff, good stuff. A+. Plus.
1: <laughs> Would catch again. <laughs>
0: I got the weirdest like compliment ever. I think in my life when I got uh, tested yesterday, like I was in the thing and they shoving, they were shoving a little stick up my nose, and and the lady do, doing the testing said, "You have very good nostrils nostrils for shoving a stick into." And I was like, "All
1: right, <laughs> that's, not a word. that's a I, am as, I am I <laughs> am as God made me." <laughs> did you
6: then? Did you then prove that they were really good by like snapping the stick in half? What it was nose?
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying t- a knot in the fucking stick. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, she sticks. She sticks up one nostril. It gets yanked at her hand and comes back down the other nostril. Really. It's a different colour. <laughs> that's replacing the
1: stick that's already lodged in there. Yeah. Um,
3: Rob's Rob's just making a very nasally "ta da" kind of noise as he does
4: it. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, let's get on with it, shall we? First thing, we are going to skip the labor reshuffle stuff because it is boring and for losers and it is everything you expected it would be. So ins- Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, so instead, let's check in with an old friend of ours, uh, the F-35 in the HMS Elizabeth Carrier Group.
1: Woo. My, my personal favourite fighter.
0: <laughs> Everybody's favourite fighter, I think. Uh, if you want to listen to the full story, uh, episode 67 is free and all yours. But thanks to our Discord, we got a link today from the Telegraph. They have footage showing an F-35 with just enough lift that it just plopped straight from the flight deck into the Mediterranean.
6: As <laughs> planned. Yes. To create a new island, a new Gibraltar, out of
1: F-35s. Yes. Yeah, you're just just not understanding this from a tactical perspective. (laughs)
0: So, look. Well, I mean, as a disgusting European, my main job, what I'm paid to do, is to do Britain down. So that's what I'm here for.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I want to know what what the fucking thought process the pilot was going with. Because he ejected right before it fell off the runway. Yeah, he did. And I want to know why it took him until that. He was going about four miles an hour. So I want to know (laughs) why it took him until that point to realise that he wasn't going to get airborne. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I'm imagining, I'm imagining he's on it, right, and he's doing on his pre-flight take-home. He's like, okay, starting. Um, okay, just gonna open the throttle a bit more. Uh, no, this is still not happening. All right, fuck it, turning it off. It's not switching off. What? Why is it not switching off? Uh, oh shit, Mayday, mayday. And um, you know, I mean, all in all, another brilliant success for the F thirty-five torpedo program or F thirty-six. Maybe, maybe he didn't mean to eject. Maybe like
2: when
5: he, he what he pulled, he thought was the handbrake. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's like let...
5: me, whenever I'm fucking up something, I'm desperately looking around for somewhere to put out a cigarette before I start doing it. <laughs> looking around the cockpit for the ashtray and there's no ashtray. And he's like, oh no
6: <laughs> Not again. It was going you remember you gotta turn into the thrust. <laughs> I'm sure um, he
3: was taking off. Maybe he was just attempting to parallel park, yeah. and all went really wrong.
0: The, uh, the, the Telegraph quoted an, an aerospace and defence analyst called Howard Wheeldon.
1: It's not supposed to do that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and according to him, there is a saying in the military: "Lift is a gift, thrust is a must." And I'm afraid he clearly had no thrust. It's a short takeoff off of the wow. carrier.
1: You <laughs> had to go to university to learn that shit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, But they need the ramp to get off, and clearly the pilot had insufficient power to get them in the air properly, which, you know, I think all of us could see on the video of the 100 million pound (laughs) plane crashing into the Mediterranean.
3: Yeah, it fell off the front. That's not meant to happen.
0: (laughs) Well, hilariously, this is not the first F-35 to crash this week. It is indeed the second.
6: Oh, do, you know what, do you
2: know what I think? I think they should have the planes on string like mittens so they
3: don't lose them in the same- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Just springs back up on top of the yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah.
3: Until the program is old enough to be trusted with the uh, fighter jets Look,
6: Britain, Britain is no longer a military powerhouse, it's a cultural powerhouse All they're trying to do is remake Hot Shots <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, a different F thirty uh, five also went into the meek in, into the Med pretty much uh, a week ago because apparently uh, some of the Grand crew left the rain cover on one of the engines before takeoff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which caused it to be sucked into the jet engine and then completely totaling it, as well as dumping it into the Mediterranean.
6: Well, it was going to go in the sea <laughs> anyway, protecting it from the water. Yeah, Just I mean,
2: thinking yeah. it's gonna. It, do you know what I mean? We're 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 here slagging them, but we're going to look like fools when they discover Atlantis.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: why true. does F thirty five have so many barnacles on it?
0: <laughs> uh, apparently, this time the pilot also ejected, but they ejected so close to the carrier that the uh, parachute snagged on on the uh, the boat <laughs> itself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just just catching on like like a like a. Mar- like a Aerial or something that's sticking out and just spinning around it like a fucking uh, yo yo.
0: (laughs) 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 But amazingly, uh, apparently. The thing that we now have to do is uh, we have to retrieve our carcasses from the bottom of the Mediterranean because otherwise the
1: Russians or Chinese could get their hands on them <laughs> and all yeah, I mean, the secrets you know, contained. Yeah, they, they'll get. They might fucking dish, dig them up from the bottom of the ocean and figure out what their weaknesses are. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> <laughs> their weaknesses—they can't fly.
1: <laughs> no, it's, they
4: might find out a tactical plan, and
6: you know, China could be, finally build that dam using clogged up F-35s. <laughs>
3: nah like it's that's that's just all bullshit what they're really going to do is they're going to retrieve it from the bottom of the ocean stick it in dry dock take the you know barnacles off of it repaint it it'll be good to go to crash again next week But apparently, most amazingly,
0: this is what I very much enjoyed, is um, once they're down or something, they have, like, a black box thing, but they also apparently have a emergency locator beacon, which you can activate remotely so you can find these things, say, at the bottom of the ocean. But the UK Navy doesn't want to activate the beacon because apparently the pinging noise also alerts the Russians and the Chinese where the thing is.
2: <laughs> and, and does, like, the fucking, do you know what I mean? Do the, the Russians and the Chinese not have, like, satellites or anything that can track like a fucking aircraft carrier. They're not they're not small. Do you know they, what I mean? Yeah, I suspect they, they know where they are. are they're not gonna be there it's
6: like the kind of the Russians and the Chinese are just kind of standing everything straight to the ball. They're just like do oh, you stay there, get back there. Don't you come in here. Do you know what I
2: mean? I imagine I imagine they've got satellite coverage watching this aircraft carrier and just seeing the plane fall off the end of it. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like they have to go far. They just go, all right, well, the carrier was there searching a 10-metre radius, and we'll find the plane. Do you know what I mean? So the, like, the
5: official race for everyone to run into the bed with big fishing rods with magnets on the end is the <laughs> ping. And they're all waiting for that ping to go off before everyone I, can I'm, run it.
3: I'm just picturing like there's a you know Chinese military official and a Russian military official are sat on a couch somewhere in a room. I mean, you know, they're eating takeaway and they're just kind of chilling. And then there's like a ping goes off in the background, and they both kind of look at it and go, "Oh shit." Like, I, I just love this idea that like, they're just sitting around doing nothing until suddenly this gets raised. Fantastic. Just,
0: for me, yeah. I just have more, like, the the idea that it's like that Simpsons episode when uh, Homer joins the Navy, and it's just, like, all the
2: carriers <laughs> coming together and the UK fleet just going, it's my
0: first day.
2: <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, they give you this Tom Clancy bullshit about, oh, no, we can't, we can't turn the locator beacon on because, like, the nefarious foreigners will track it down. Really, they don't need to turn the, the fucking, like, Beacon on because it's just like they ran over it in the boat do you know what i mean like they know where it is
6: (laughs) it's still tied to it's still tied to the rates like carried behind the aircraft carrier and can't see it because
2: they're constantly looking forward like that um like that fucking uh national lampoon is it national Lampoon's summer vacation where they forget the dog's tied to the back bumper of the car (laughs) like that but for
3: like a hundred million pound jets you know what I mean? <laughs> this is why they're not using the, you know, big string kind of approach that you suggested, Jamie.
1: Oh, we, found, we finally found a flaw in that plan, haven't the real, we? The
2: real, <laughs> the real problem here is that that lad that drives Thunderbird 4 is not getting overtime for any of this shit, like... Do you know
1: what
2: I mean? yeah. <laughs> if I was him, I would strike.
1: I mean, they, you can't, they can't get another guy in, can they? Imagine if all the traces went on strike.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
2: That dad absolutely seems like he—he he probably made his fortune busting unions or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's
5: what all the Thunderbird r- vehicles were for originally.
2: Yeah, incredibly suspicious unions. of any cunt that owns their own island. <laughs> <laughs> you know I and
6: mean? has a—it has a a, like bit. Southeast Asian stepbrother. Just, just saying. <laughs> Around the sixties, American involvement in Vietnam. Just saying.
0: Yeah, but anyway, but enough about the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Um, <laughs> another rob banger yeah yeah yeah. it's, 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 it's that prime comedy hour why you have me um <laughs> Clunk, let's go the uk has proudly built or has almost proudly built a vaccine manufacturing innovation center near oxford with a lot of public money about 250 million quids worth but it's now fortunately up for sale because we don't need that no more. Because why would we keep an innovation centre for vaccine manufacturing? No, well, I
2: mean, that's the problem with an innovation centre, is it? It by its very definition, it has a limited lifespan. Because once it's innovated, it's no
3: longer an innovation centre, is it? It's
1: just a centre. Yeah. <laughs> stabilization.
3: When you think of it like that, they're just getting good money for, you know, value here. They're just like, um, you know, recycling.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, not really. Like, it's supposed to be done next year, because, but according to the FT, the centre was already quite instrumental in speeding up the research at Oxford, which then turned into the AstraZeneca vaccine because Bill Gates got involved. Um, but I was going to say, uh,
1: turned into, was doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. Skipping a few steps became the the Oxford yeah. AstraZeneca uh, vaccine.
0: Apparently, it did speed it up by a couple of months, and obviously, this is the kind of spare, useless capacity that obviously Britain will no longer need in, in the
1: future. Um, well, and, Rob, you see, we've expanded the, the state by a micron, so we must immediately shrink it again. Well, you must indeed, uh, because what we've discovered
0: is that the private sector is just too damn efficient. Let me quote from the Financial Times.
1: The worry was that there would be a huge surge in vaccine. And <laughs> the, <if> pro- <laughs> the private sector at 200 million quid like, swinging around for some reason that uh, <laughs> we won't go into. The
0: worry was that there would be a surge in vaccine manufacturing requirements during the pandemic, and we'd need surge capacity, and the reason for that is gone, said one person familiar with the
1: efforts <laughs> of the floats. I mean, stairs in, like, continental Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... I, I, pff, I mean, just for example. Fucking
0: hell. Well, look, I mean, Adam's got the rona, but he doesn't need research anymore.
6: He's fine. No, I'm fine. It's all done. It's all done. <laughs> Healthy. <coughs>
1: <laughs> P- pay no attention to the iron lung they are <laughs> Do you know what
3: Do you know what this entire thing is like This is like getting a dodgy contract around To like you know do your plumbing or whatever Where they do like the bare minimum And then try and clock off before the whole thing falls over That's like this government's approach to the coronavirus
0: Well I mean it's pretty close Because Scotland is also involved in in this, uh, because apparently there's not just one research center, there was another one that the UK government uh, co-paid for with a French biotech company. uh, A site B, if you will. Yes, exactly. A Site B manufacturing facility in Scotland. But according to one person familiar with the story, let me give you the quote, things are tight right now in the government budget, so they're looking for a, a way to recoup some of the costs associated with COVID. And honestly, the way to do that is to sell off the resource capacity, because like, we don't need that shit no more.
6: And so recoup some of the cost as well. So don't worry, we spend yeah. billions, but we'll recoup hundreds and destroy yeah, yeah. the actual... That's, that,
0: that's, that's,
4: that's
2: whole pennies on the dollar. So, like, why not? See, well, well, since David's not here, do we want to talk about how this will affect Scottish independence?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Extensively.
3: <laughs> Alright, hang on. Let me just crack open a bottle of whiskey. And uh...
1: Yeah, let me crack open my whiskey and this ancient tome.
0: <laughs> let me go sit on my big stone that apparently has something to do with independence.
3: Yeah, yeah, Salmon for Targan. Uh, yeah, no Uh, just fuck Scotland Right, right now <laughs> Let me go it's... sit
1: on my big beach chair that's for some reason Something to do with independence
0: Yeah, you the listener thought you were going to get Scott Paul You fools, you fools First we need 100,000 subscribers Because otherwise we are not doing that shit ever again Um,
3: <laughs> Anyway, but it's not just like well, you say sale. that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep bringing it up.
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> we've met. We are
3: <laughs> we are gonna do a Scott Paul again. It's just that right now there's not a huge yeah. amount to talk about. Do, do you want a six Do you want a sixty second Scott Paul update? I'll do you for the next year. No, nah. Nothing has changed. There you go. Done. Moving on. <laughs> Anyway, so the government is either looking
0: for a private sector pharmaceutical industry buyer for the whole site, or both sites, uh, or want to run it for the government, but with the expertise, quote-unquote, that they must know how to run it. So, you know.
6: <laughs> or, or they must know how to run it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we know, we know the government's lack of, like private procurement, so that makes sense. Don't don't look don't think about it, don't look into it, please. Well,
0: speaking of things that most people don't look into, except for weirdos like me and, again, the Financial Times, um, the pension plans in the UK are undergoing some interesting changes uh, that may or may not impact any pension you may or may not have. And I know most of us don't, but, you know, let's say for shits and giggles that you do have a uh, defined benefit pension. A specific fee protecting UK retirement savers from high charges by investment funds and others is poised to be loosened under... The government proposals uh, in order to help the pension funds put billions of pounds into unlisted investments like private equity, venture funds and real estate.
4: Mm.
1: Awesome. I can see so, nothing so, going wrong with that. No. I, I, I remember years ago reading... About you know if essentially paying an investor to make investments for you, yes, and essentially the like the fee that they charge is usually like as it is here like a percentage. You so it says like what 0. 0.75 Did you say no? The current cap so like current rules are that. Your your pension
0: plan is not allowed to spend more than 0.75% of whatever it gives to the investment fund as management fees. So that's just capped off. But under the new rules, those things will be uh, loosened. And most average, like venture capital funds and and other investment vehicles, tend to charge about 2% of money under management per year. So this would and like a 150-odd percent increase in the uh, 166% increase.
1: And also, the the fee itself is an exponentially increasing, like the factor that it's increased is exponential because that fee is taken from, like the whole the, the profit of the entire investment, right? Uh, well, I mean, if there's a way of doing it, but like
0: it's sort of benchmarked. If like the venture capital fund that you're investing in has like better than expected targets, uh, then they can charge up to twenty percent of the actual profit they get uh, on top of the two percent of the management fee. So that's like in the cut of the direction that like UK pension funds are moving into now.
3: Yeah, it's um, that Will for Wall Street scene where you've got um, you know the the whole introduction from a senior analyst to a younger one, basically saying like you know you make them a profit, don't let them divest, keep them reinvested because that that money that's on paper doesn't exist, but the money you're skimming off into your pocket that, that's real. You exactly. can touch that. Yeah, so I, I haven't uh, seen yeah. that. You should watch it, Jamie. It's quite a good film, actually.
0: So yeah, this like this is part of a, a package of moves where earlier this year, uh, pension fund trustees were already allowed uh, more room as to like how the numbers scene works with paying money management fees. So between the two, there's definitely like going to be more of your pension money going into management fees of venture capital funds which I think is something that, that we we all look forward to.
3: Fantastic. And, Sounds great. And the great.
0: reason, essentially, uh, why this is happening, according to the government, but also according to some other reading that I've done, is, like, your pension fund, essentially, is in very safe assets, like uh, uh, <laughs> sh- bonds and shares of other of companies, of high-value high big corporations, that kind of stuff. Like, they are bound and obliged to only have that stuff because your pension is for obvious reasons, not allowed to to fall over. But because we've now had such low interest rates for, like, more than a decade at this point, um, most average, like, bonds and stocks have incredibly low interest rates. And because the pension funds have to keep paying out, uh, they're not getting enough money in to, like, replenish the fund, as it were. Um, So right now, like, they need more dangerous assets with higher interest rates, to keep
1: the pensions going. Rob, Rob, are you trying to tell me that the profit, pra- the rate of profit is tending to like downwards? That's crazy. No, Some, I mean, I wouldn't like, say I'm
3: giving you, I'm giving you a five out of ten for effort on that one, Alistair. <laughs> del- delivery requires uh, much improvement.
4: <laughs>
3: this
5: is why I'm glad all my pension is all tied up in Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going down in value.
2: Largely tuned out for that entire financial discussion until Rob said dangerous asset, and I thought, oh, we're we talking about Tom Clancy again.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
0: so one of the other reasons that the government is loosening these rules is because Rishi, S- Rishi Sunak doesn't really want to spend government money on this whole levelling up business, but he does really want to spend your pension fund on it, uh, which is one of the last um, like, well, big... I
2: mean- do you know what I mean? He needs to fucking he needs to get his shit sorted out because you don't spend government money on leveling up; you spend experience points. Do you know what I mean?
4: <laughs>
2: if they're if they're gonna persist with this ridiculously childish fucking language, they can at least get it right. Do you know what I mean?
6: You need to get a certain amount before you can prestige. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what it <laughs> is. London has yeah, prestiged can... so many times it's just lost all meaning. You need to prestige.
2: Them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> New game See, plus for the North <laughs>
6: <Yeah>. <laughs> You get to keep all the stuff from before but you start again.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean according to Lisa Nandis. I know they we weren't say, I know
2: yeah, I was gonna say I know we weren't yeah. gonna talk about the Labour reshuffle, but also fuck off with shadow minister for leveling up. It's not a real thing, <laughs> do you know no what either. I mean? You don't need you don't need to shadow fictional fucking government positions.
3: <laughs> I'm still stuck on this whole idea of a new game plus for North, to be honest. I'm just picturing Philip Proudfoot, leader of the Northern Independence Party, like the flag he's got comes in eerily appropriate, both at the end of the curve and right back at the beginning when literal St. <laughs> Oswald is tilling around. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, I mean, to, you know, to quote Lisa
0: Nandy and from earlier today, the, the Labour Party is moving left or right. It is moving north. That apparently is...
1: <laughs> twirling, twirling I mean, towards freedom. New
2: new Game Plus for the North is basically just we have to start from, like, we have to do industrialization from the beginning again, but we get to keep all the upgrades we bought for the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you get to keep all your cosmetics.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, just very, very briefly returning to the finance bit, and then we'll get on to, to main. Oh, sorry,
1: crack on um, them,
2: do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, am I, spoiling, yeah, am I spoiling your fun?
1: <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you can you can get back in the Batmobile for a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> just kick the
0: tires. Um, but yeah, essentially, this like this move from of pension funds moving into like much riskier assets, like I said, uh, venture capital, private equity, private debt, um, real estate, uh, is essentially they need to make oh,
1: the pensions have to become landlords. They are yes. becoming
0: landlords. They're allowed to uh, allowed to invest in real estate investment trusts. So yes, pension funds are landlords.
1: You got
6: to pump some more money into the
3: real estate sector. I mean, it's looking broke
0: out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
3: So now there's. Well, like, I'll be. T- I'll be totally honest, right? See if we just got rid of landlords, but we kept the payments the same. It's just that now all the payments on rent were going to supporting like the old people. That was like future pension payments. Then, like, all right, that would be a net improvement to what we have today. To be perfectly fucking honest, not that we're getting that. No, no.
0: But yeah, no, like, no. like. On, on average, about a decade ago, like pension funds were fine just investing in normal stocks and bonds. They got about 6% annual interest rates. But now, because the interest rate's been so low for so long, uh, that returns about 1%. And that's not nearly enough to like cover the outflows in terms of actually paying pensions. So they have to find these big paydays. So that means investing in shit, I don't know, like Tesla or Netflix or abstruse investment vehicles that you've never heard of.
6: Did you say, right? Um, I
0: think.
2: Sorry, go on.
6: I was going to say the Juicero. stuff like that, like <laughs> see, all the useless stuff you see. That's the result of like you know, there's way, way too much venture capital money sloshing around. It's like everyone's yeah. so poor because it's all locked up in these enormous funds.
1: Yeah, have they, they but, considered but, investing in fucking moss?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, Adam, have you seen? Have you seen how uh, expensive the like empty husks of those Juiceros are? They're still like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Because money is fake. Nothing matters yeah. anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just I think it's incredible that like obviously like the,
6: the the turn in neoliberalism was partially like like putting the pension funds into the stock market. But no, the stock market isn't good enough anymore. It as like we freed up the stock market as much as possible. We have to actually take it away from the actual market conditions. Because they're not it's not really a market condition. It's it's whims. Yeah, but it's,
3: it's whimsy as, Al- as Alice as Alistair said, the rate of profit is inclined to sort of get less a little bit over time and kind of decreasing. <laughs> I don't know the exact job. words I used. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but,
0: I mean, so essentially, like, the pension funds are just much more free to, like, invest in the Hobgoblin real estate trust or the Dragon Eggs or whatever the fuck's going on next. Uh, because they have to. Because every... <laughs> Fabergé's
1: breaking out. Isn't Fabergé
0: he? egg time, yes. Once again, it's Fabergé egg time. Um... <laughs> So according to a researcher quoted by the Financial Times, although pension fund money is pouring into the private market, there's no guarantee that's going to deliver big returns. At the moment, the opportunity set of actual things that could make actual money is limited. So there's just going to be much more money, including maybe
1: even your pen- pension fund, going into scams. Yeah, just imagine the Monopoly money guy, like, you know, turning out his empty pockets. That's, that's basically where we're at now. Okay, hear Yeah, me he's
0: out. just inventing stories. <laughs> Hear me out,
1: right? Okay. All right.
6: Tea is pretty big. Britain's got a long-standing uh, relationship with India, right? So how yeah, about yeah. go to India, buy tea, use that tea to buy heroin, sell that to the Chinese, All right. and All then right. bring that silver back to the UK? Now, that is a high profit.
0: I like that very, very much. Can I turn some of that into an NFT? Because then you've just got <laughs> <Yeah>.
6: me.
3: <laughs> NFTs! NFTs! <laughs> oh, fuck me.
0: Yeah, the the board Lion Pension Fund is coming to you soon. I,
2: I like that Rob, Rob finally hit upon a good joke and didn't even realise it there.
6: Yeah, it should have been, yeah, the NFT trade. Yeah. The NFT clippers full of JPEGs yeah. playing their trade on the Spanish men.
4: Trying
1: to to guard the ship from right clicking
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so that's sort of the good news for today
1: Um, (laughs) The the, the scare quote's good news Uh,
0: So yeah, I want to turn to our main topic And also why Adam and Hugh are here Uh, I wanted to talk about the neo-traditionalist uh, style of schooling, or hard schools, or disciplined schools, which I thought would be an interesting thing to talk about are, today. are we
2: talking about that fucking headbanger from Twitter?
1: Yes, we are. Well, yeah, which one of or whatever. I yes, was going to but... say, that's what we do on this fucking podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we are, we are
0: going to be uh, talking about her, uh, and, and specifically about the, the school she runs.
3: All right, everyone, turn to page five of Discipline and
1: Punish, and read along with the class. <laughs> if you cannot finish this page, you will be executed in the school squ- in the quad. Isn't she? She doesn't just
2: run. She doesn't just run a school, though. Isn't she like government czar for fucking something? Social mobility.
0: Yeah, she was just made the social mobility czar. Get
3: the fuck out of here! Surely
0: she would be the
1: czarina. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like that. That's the part you're honing on now. And
1: stuff. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to give people idiotic names, at least make them like vaguely like, have
2: have, lab, have labor appointed a shadow social mobility star <laughs> the,
6: sh- the social <coughs> or the, the social mobility sorry
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which by the way is quite a nicely compensated post it pays 350 quid a day for six days a month so that's not not bad money oh, fuck you, me
1: I
6: get back up myself. yeah <laughs> I want
1: that job. I'm, give me yeah. two
2: minutes to just go on Twitter and tell it to give me a fucking job. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, yeah, ja- maybe
1: Jamie, you'll be able to you'll be able to fit this in around with your bee cleaning up job. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, this is part of, as I said, what's called as the neo-traditionalist approach to schooling. Uh, you have to think of you remember when Gove was education secretary and he said that people should be able to memorise multiplication tables and oh, boy, recite do poetry, that kind of stuff.
1: Um, and every every school has to be above average, yeah, that yeah, kind
2: of thing. yeah. The every school has to be above average thing, and some fucking like other dipshit in the fucking house trying to patiently like explain to him why that's not practical, as if he <laughs> as if he gave a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like I fucking uh, I'm really angry now just thinking about that. Like every every school should be above average. It's like I uh, fucking do you know what I mean? That's the, oh, the second even. That's the second worst thing he's ever been involved with after that <laughs> fucking like late night talk show thing he did with David Baddiel in the 90s. <laughs>
0: um but yeah, essentially the approach of neo-traditionalism is essentially a uh civilizing mission. It is if you will uh imperial practices oh, that- <laughs> brought home to the core. Um
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love to bring things back to the metropole. Uh, Yeah,
0: they. uh, It's essentially you must know many of the things through rote recitation, and you. And the most important thing, apart from knowing all the things, is to behave properly
2: at all times without fail. Yeah.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, that's like that's just it's the evolution of schooling. Do you know what I mean? Like back in my day, it was like no, you had to you had to learn. You had to learn how to count. They had to they had to kick you out the door with at least like the ability to recognise a number if you saw one. Do you know what I mean? Even if your response was to call an adult to explain what the numbers meant. As long as you could recognise that like something was there that needed dealing with. But nowadays, it's like everyone's got Google on their phone, so they they do not give a shit whether you learn anything in school other than like turning up and doing as you're told. That's all the all they require from someone for an Amazon warehouse is that you turn up and you do what the
3: fucking boss tells you. Well, that's kind of always been the through frost of. Well, yeah, uh, but you know, now education. it's like
2: now it's like you don't need the education part. Now you you only need the fucking like uh like the the discipline part of schooling. You know what I mean? You don't actually have to teach the kids anything because they can just Google it if they need to. Yeah. You know? I mean not, not Any, really anyone li- who anyone who's anyone who's actually going to get like a real job where they're required to think probably is probably not going to your fucking like shitty school that's getting public money or whatever, you know what I mean? It's
0: Yeah, just to give you a very brief overword of what sort of the general point of this neo-traditionalism is, I'll read you from one of the godfathers who thought up this whole movement. Breadth of knowledge is far greater factor in achievement than socioeconomic status. That is to say, um, being what? smart. Um, that is to say, being smart um, is more dependent on general knowledge than on family background.
3: In
2: part
0: that's in- not that's
3: that is not true. That is decisively not true. That <laughs> is demonstrably not true. Sorry. When
2: did Roush, this? Uh, when did this movement start?
1: Uh, good question. When, well, uh, when a, ne- a neo traditionalist. So I assume hundreds of years ago. <laughs>
0: Um, I think it's it's broadly from the, I can't really remember, I think it's early 90s, certainly, maybe maybe <laughs> early 2000, something like that. Um, but let me finish the, the quote. Uh, Imparting broad knowledge to all children is the single most effective way to narrow the gap between demographic groups through schooling. In a free no, labor market where you are competing against wealthier households, cultural capital equals access. What? <laughs>
6: Citation
0: need.
3: If ever ever there was a gargantuan citation needed for something, just fucking hell.
0: So, this is very much explicitly about installing or reinstalling hierarchies uh, in schools and installing the virtue of hierarchies, certainly in pupils. And I know, Adam and Hugh, I just like to sort of welcome you to your childhood trauma because I know you guys went to quite a tough school or a traditional school. I don't know how to put it.
6: Yeah, so it was like, it, it was, <laughs> oh, oh God, bring it back, I can hear it, I can hear it, some on back. <laughs> shaking. Now, we went to like um, Kent, where we grew up in Medway, Kent was one of the last areas that had like, um, like the 11 plus, to distinguish mm. between like high schools and grammar schools, and we went to a grammar school that kind of, tr- it was quite an old one, but tried to maintain that like public school ethos. Um, If you're from England, I'm not
1: going to... LARPing is a public school.
6: Yeah, it was definitely doing that. Like, it had a school song.
5: (laughs) Well, so did my school, Uh. and look how I turned out. (laughs) (laughs) We had a Founders Day... Where we'd lose the first Saturday of June, I think And we'd have to go to uh, Rochester Cathedral To sing songs for the founder
1: What? (laughs) Oh my god
5: (laughs) The founder who was a philandering drunk Who set up two schools So he wouldn't have to give any money to his mistresses (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Like proper old school classy place
2: I mean, when when you start When you started that sentence I I imagined it going to a much darker place Than like (laughs) (laughs) Merely fucking like burying money
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't be you can't be a true like blue blooded uh, public school unless you're actually founded by a nonce. <laughs> so that's the distinction, you see.
5: It was even like down to like the houses. Our classes were like named after different horrible things. In particular, I think Adams' one was named I after was um, Chinese Gordon. Chinese Gordon,
6: like yeah. the imperial conqueror who got beheaded. At yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah.
0: yeah. It was just Seriously. <laughs>
6: fuck me. <laughs> yeah. So it it had that kind of ethos, and like, we obviously, we missed, uh, we're not too that old, that we got kind of, uh, the Corporal Punishment or anything, but
4: we definitely, like, there was a lot of ex-Empire people, and you had
6: that. So it's mm-hmm.
3: kind of like, I'm guessing it's kind of like, you didn't get Corporal Punishment, but you could tell that they really missed it, Yeah,
6: there was, defi- there oh, was Yeah, there was definitely that whole thing of, <laughs> it's more important, which, which, you know, happened in a lot of British institutions up until, I guess, 1996, um... Of it is more important the way you conduct yourself in as a person than what you learn. Nothing I yeah. my experience from school. Basically, I started learning how to study in Singapore when I was about like six. But I never learned. Um, and you never, you never. Well, look get, at me
0: now, Dad. <laughs>
6: you you don't get taught about that. You get taught to last another day. Like, just don't get in trouble. That's all that matters because that that's, that makes you a good student. That makes you a good. Yeah. That's it.
5: Yeah, there was like, it was like, there's so much of um, Burble Singh's approach to schooling that just like so similar, like uniform cards that we had to carry around all the time. The, oh, any, yeah, I had that any well, That the old that the, the prefects could tick them off if you know something was off with your uniform, And if if you had too many ticks, then you got a Saturday detention, that kind of thing, um, well, and then this- like. It's this back. is just
2: fucking this is just fucking insane to me like do you know what I mean I am just trying to picture I'm trying to picture any of these measures being put in place at my school and the fucking riot that would have ensued every
1: time
0: I'm, Honestly I'm just trying to picture you in an educational establishment where you're forced yeah. to be Jamie like that. Well, I mean do you know what it is to call,
1: to call it an educational establishment I think is if anything over egging it a bit Yeah I didn't I didn't learn jack shit
2: do you know what I mean? The, we like my last my last year of school. We got uh, like my last two years of school. We got a new headmaster in who was some like fucking apparently some like super authoritarian guy who was going to clean up the school because it had such a bad reputation. Ah, Samuel and, L. Jackson. Um, nah, nah, not even remotely that cool. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> some like fucking two hundred year old white guy. <laughs> Just like a fucking, yes, L. Jackson, oh, another man gonna, from Empire. Yeah, he was gonna he was gonna show us all like how to behave, and um, it just didn't fucking work. Do you know what I mean? His, <laughs> his problem basically was that he didn't have enough. He didn't have enough like boots on the ground. Do you know what I mean? Like he wanted to, he wanted <laughs> to bring back pre- he wanted to reinstate like prefects, which hadn't been a thing at the school since fuck knows when. Um, but oh, he, he, wants, he, he like wanted a, to have a surge. Yeah, he wanted. He, he basically wanted to like fucking. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we're gonna have prefects, but. They they were so starved for like for well behaved children with any fucking degree of authority whatsoever that they just had to make like half of our year prefects. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was a pre- I was a prefect and it was just it was just fucking like. They were just like, oh no, you you gotta like guard the fire alarms on the last day of term because people always pull the fire alarms on the last day of term. Yeah. And so you just you just get to sit in a corridor playing a Game Boy all day, and then someone would come by and go, can I pull the fire alarm? And I'd be like, knock yourself out, mate.
4: You know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> it
2: was it was great. Like, but yeah, that fucking headmaster, he was like, oh no, I'm gonna clean up this school, and it's like, no, you're not, mate. Do you yeah. Know
0: what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, Catherine Singh has frequently and also herself descri- been described as Britain's strictest head teacher. Um, she is uh, the head of the Michaela Community School in North London, whose motto, by the way, is knowledge is power. A little bit about Michaela. She has a long history of inserting herself into the media and also into Tory politics. Uh, she sort of became known about 2010 when she gave a speech at Tory Party conference about how bad Britain's schools are um, because they, quote unquote, awarded prizes for all uh, and were created by, quote unquote, well-meaning oh. liberals. And apparently, instead of learning things, uh, they were letting te- uh, pupils Go run riot.
2: Fuck yourself.
1: Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh the- no.
2: Giving everyone a prize? No, they aren't. Fuck off.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean. I I, I do like that. The like the undertone of that is that acknowledging the accomplishments of children is to be like shunned. Well, the thing is,
2: the thing is as well. They go, oh, the fucking schools nowadays. They give everyone a prize. It's like, yeah, and the prizes are shit. I can understand getting (laughs) spun up about it if we were winning speedboats for attendance (laughs) or some shit. Do you know what I mean? But it's not. It's not like. It's not like you're on fucking bullseye, mate. Do you know what I mean? You get like a fucking badge at best. You could get the same thing by just sending some shit you'd drawn to Blue Peter. So, <laughs> yeah, like, you know. I think
3: a huge subtext to this, which I think will become more apparent as we go through this, is the real one of the real objections is that with the, the abolition of hierarchy, it gives people a basis to feel like they're good enough to talk back and so it's very important to reinstate hierarchy and get people disabused of the notion that they can compete with their betters. Yeah. I think that's a large stren- strand of this to be honest. And like if, if yeah. you
0: want to if you want to get another strand of Catherine Burblesing's character, if you go to the website of the school, there's a specific section called the headmistress where you, where it links to various bits of PR that she's been involved in and it's ranged into like certain header types. The first header is education, articles in the telegraph, the times, the sun and other you know, Happy. Oh, good. Are
2: the second and third also education? No, the second one specifically is uh, titled "Culture War. Wars,"
5: and no, was close oh, then. Okay. <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: Does it have a link to her chicklet, oh, okay. um, where she talks about different races' genitals, <laughs> where she is the mixed race? Um... I forgot her name. It's it's, uh, it's,
0: it's where she's been banged by Bridget Jude Jones. Law um no and that links to her which is the other reason why i invited you guys on that's where she lists her articles in the spectator the telegraph and of course in spiked because she is one of the spike network uh, people
1: we've got to keep the wokery out of the schools it's
0: pretty much Definitely. exactly on the money uh, in a <laughs> recent article she wrote uh, parents should take claims of racism with a pinch of salt if children are being disciplined because <sighs> black pupils have an extra card to play Parents should ignore their children if they claim there is racism at play. However, real official statistics, not the ones in her head, show that BAME kids are about six times as likely to be excluded or punished as white kids in the UK. So, you know, but this is, she's just playing to the uh, audience. Yeah,
3: but like again, the subtext in what she's saying to audiences, listen, it's not racism if they deserve it, right? Like, that's the attitude yeah. that yeah. obnoxious people take into these things.
5: Yeah. It's um, it is incredibly remen. It does is the main thing. One of the main things that I remember from school was I learned some very choice words for traveller, oh,
4: <laughs> and yeah,
5: the fact that great. that um, we had a couple of teachers that would designate the worst child to be that. i not. I don't want to say the word to be that. It's word, quite an old fashioned. And then word, you'd though. have to sit in that. I know seat.
6: which word you're referring to. It's quite. It's a, like It's
5: Victorian. Oh, good. Well, that's the thing. okay. I'll will will say the word because it is so old fashioned. diddy kai.
1: So, what? Yeah, Diddy Kai. Um,
6: this, this, is,
1: this is vintage racism. This is, so, know, it, yeah, actually yeah, comes, yeah, it, yeah. it
6: actually comes from an Indian word, dakoy, which means uh, bandit. Like an right. Indian, a well, Indian
1: well, word. Welcome to the
0: Antiques
3: Roadshow. <laughs> <the time.
6: laughs> <laughs> yeah. Today but we are, we like,
3: crazy, an antique I was not joking when I said
6: how traditional this score was. <laughs> <laughs> I
5: was this not understating. <laughs> it's like, Ken doesn't, like, nowhere in Britain likes travelers they're like everyone hates them and kent even more so and has so many words for them like and it's not surprising that yeah they'd have words that no one else has heard
2: yeah i was gonna say it's, it's quite impressive when you you learn like a new kind of racism after having lived in britain for like 40 odd years do you know what I yeah. mean? It's, yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: um so yeah the- finally jamie's learned something <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> Nothing good and never learned never learned anything good in, in like living
3: in Britain. Know, what did you, you learn, learn from podcasting as praxis? I learned racism. Excellent. <laughs> Love
6: yeah. We learned a new form of uh, racism that's been out of use for 150 years.
2: So yeah. I mean I've I've forgotten it already, like, but you know. <laughs> Um,
0: so yeah the point of uh, Bilbo Singh's philosophy this is from a prospect article in 2017 is to challenge mainstream assumptions and essentially the other point is mm. you should be offended by what she says which is of course incredibly spiked like it's writing mm-hmm. for Oh
1: I'm actually I'm actually trolling you pupils yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, l- I love to have like an edgelord forums poster for a fucking headmaster or headmistress rather.
3: <laughs> I'm not owned, I'm not owned, I scream, as my league table rating drops precipitously. <laughs> this is what's amazing
1: about like Catherine It's
6: like when you when you look her up and you look up anything about the K community school, you search for it and you find exactly the same narrative, which is it got set up that everybody hated it. There are so many critics, there it's it's unorthodox, it's it's breaking It's, oh, everyone hates it. Everyone tries to stop it. When you actually look at it, I cannot find a single unified critique of that school in particular. But, and yeah, it's founded on the predication that nobody, that, that everyone was against it, like the elite was against it, the educational authorities were against it.
0: I mean, there's a few critiques, but you really have to read, like, teachers' forums where they specifically yeah, talk sure, about this school, and there it is. But, yeah, I mean, there's no mainstream, there's no, like, big article in the New Statesman or the London Review of Books or anything that uh, uh, sort of negates it, which is an interesting th- thing, of course.
6: Oh, I was going to say, um, it's just, yeah, for, as well, because she has the kind of the name of strictest head teacher. it gets used every single time, like they're reintroducing her. Yeah. Like she's new every single time because she's never quite stuck. She has a very rigorous media show to schedule all the time and she's never quite gotten into the Toby Young, uh, Brendan O'Neill kind of gig of being able to guarantee a seat Question Time. Every single time.
1: Well, you know? how big is her forehead? I mean <laughs> these are the questions that she needs to be able to answer. But
0: I mean Toby Young does provide like front cover blurbs for the books that are written by the school and with her forewords on it. <laughs> As does
1: Andrew Neil, by the way. So um I love, love to have, love to have like a you know, eugenicist enthusiasts um, writing blurbs for my school. Uh, Yeah, so a
0: little bit about the school. This is the Michaela Community Secondary School. It's in uh, the London borough of Brent which is a quite a deprived area of London. Uh, One in three uh, inhabitants is living in poverty. There are higher-than-average benefits claimants, and there's a higher percentage-than-average of kids leaving school uh, with no qualification. Uh, Almost 8% of kids in the borough leave without any uh, classification. Uh, So the school is, I will say, and by, you know, offset is shit, and we we can have many discussions about that, but... By any sort of Ofsted metric, it is a successful school. Like there's a high percentage of kids that do graduate and go to Russell Group universities. Uh, graduation rates are extremely high. So, so I, like, I
6: I actually looked up the because uh, I believe this is 2021, the first year they've had an A level uh, graduate. And
0: I, I think it was 2019, but I'm I'm happy to be correct. Uh, no,
6: I, I, I think it's the first. I think it. I think it's the first sixth form who's gone all the way through. Okay. Um, and those A-level results, they run a selective A-level, like sixth form. So they're ah. already selecting successful
0: okay.
5: kids.
6: Mm-hmm. That I don't believe the other years are, but that year is, is selective. So there's there's some jimmy in with that.
5: Yeah, which is, like, it, which is the same as our old school. Our old school had incredibly good um, A-level results. I wasn't allowed to stay on, and that's part of the reason why they get to have good A-level results. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some, yeah,
6: I've got something quite libelous that I could probably say about that, that, that school, but... Uh,
3: No, don't. (laughs) I mean, look. Uh, Don't don't
0: tease Jamie. I'll tell you afterwards. Look. Look, Hugh, the person with the weakest performance on this podcast is going to get cut as well. So, you know, we have to keep our, <laughs> our standards up somehow.
4: <laughs> ah, shit.
3: Well, see you guys later. Um, speaking of speaking of weak performance, can I just take a moment to say, as someone who graduated from Russell Group University, that is a fake and made-up thing, and they keep trying to make it a thing? They keep trying to insist that Russell Group is brilliant and it, you know, conveys some you know, prestige, etc. 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 Does it fuck? Right. The Russell group is basically going, listen, we convinced Oxford and Cambridge to let us ride on their coattails and St. Andrew's is in on the, the bit, too. And it's a bunch of also ran universities, which are just the same as any other fucking universities throughout the UK, to be perfectly honest. Right. So, no, just fuck that noise. But yeah, it doesn't mean uh, anything. It's made up.
0: The thing that I didn't know is that uh, Catherine Bilbersingh is not the only founder of the school. The other founder is uh, Sweller Braverman MP. Who who (laughs) is the former chair of the ERG and the current
6: attorney? It's got so much time. I I thought MPs would run off their feet.
0: Yeah, yeah, no second jobs, you know. I mean, it's very hard. I just...
1: I Do you know what's funny? The, there are two things that come to mind when you mention Suella Braveman, and uh, the first is her uh, choice of words uh, from a few years ago, which got her suspended from the Conservative Party for uh, pending investigation for a certain phrase about a woodpile. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And the other thing... The other thing is her uh, love of the use of the phrase cultural Marxism, which is, uh, you know, something that is uh, in... Well, particularly, she was one of the. I think she was one of the first ones to, like, one of the first ones to use the phrase "cultural Marxism," but it seems to have um, sort of coalescing with with wokery as well in in the Tories. Uh, by the way, Suella
0: Braverman MP currently also the Attorney General of the United Kingdom. <laughs> Just a little little side job. <laughs> yeah, you got to have something to fill your days,
6: isn't it?
0: Yeah. So essentially, the, the the school's philosophy is based on a sort of Rousseau like ideal about freedom from and freedom to and the idea uh. is to instill instill enough discipline in children, so they get a top-level education and all the basic knowledge, and this will allow them a freedom to thrive, rather than a freedom from discipline, which is apparently what all the liberal schools are doing to the children who are suffering.
3: Can I um? Can I just right? I, I, this has been bugging me throughout this, but just for the benefit of anyone at home and doesn't know, education isn't really about knowledge. I mean, yes, it's a part of it, right? You do want to have those basic classes with little kids where you go, this is a caterpillar. It turns into a butterfly. And, you know, you don't want to be my mate who missed that day in primary school and didn't realise that caterpillars turn into butterflies. Anyway, <laughs> so there is, there is like that element. You never know to it. when
1: that's going to come back and bite you, do you? Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, several years of being the guy who doesn't know that caterpillars are butterflies, he's definitely paid for it. <laughs> anyway, no
1: one thought to tell him.
3: Yeah. So here's the thing you do need a bit of that, right? But actually, Actually, education is about teaching people how to learn and also teaching them the confidence and self-assurance in how to learn. That's how, you know, that, that's what makes people good at education, yeah, essentially. what
0: if, instead of doing all of that, I just drilled the same things into you over and over and over and over again until you could just recite them and regurgitate oh,
1: them? Oh, my God, mm. these these schools want to turn kids into mentats. That's what they want to do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's the, it's the old thing. Which is more important? Memorising by rote the times tables so you can just regurgitate them out or understanding the multiplicative operation that underlies it, so you can multiply any numbers together and arrive at the result, even if it takes you a couple of seconds more. One of them is learning how to do a thing and how to apply a process, and the process of learning it teaches you how to learn other processes. And there's there's, there's research stats that show that children who are taught, not just taught to rotely memorize the times tables, but are taught multiplication, and then maybe later taught to memorize them for convenience, they do better in mathematics later on in education because they've learned the process of learning, you know?
5: But can they recite a Kipling poem when they're That one of their betters clicks their finger. Oh, they literally
0: time. do mm-hmm. recite Kipling poems over and over again during the uh, communal lunch. About much more later. Um, oh, so, oh my <laughs> god, are we
3: getting like a, a tour of yeah, circles of hell in this? Um, world? Are, you, are we? Are we just in like limbo right yeah. now, and you're about to descend? So with us? instead
0: of like learning kids how to learn, essentially, what if the real goal of this was tough love and discipline at the core? Because if you have those two things, this will give you the freedom to thrive rather than being ruined so... by freedom
1: from thought. So it's the, it's the tra- it's traditionalist in the Spartan sense of yes. throw the child into the, into, a, into a wood for like, well, a, a newborn into the wood for like a night and if they survive then they're worth keeping. Or a wood So,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only a- for a- the right colour. Anyone who uses the phrase tough love when talking about children is talking about child abuse. Change my mind.
1: It's, it, it
6: boils down to like make sure they're paying attention all the time never let up on them. Just keep keep them, like, there's the whole thing of, like, you know, don't don't allow them their phones, don't allow them, like, to stare out windows, anything like that. Just keep them c- constantly engaged, constantly on edge.
1: Never- I mean, that sounds like a great way to live, doesn't it? I can't imagine
6: that causing any problems for the line.
5: be no good. did would be no, no, no harm. <laughs> <good.
3: laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the Freudian slip Fair spoke. That's what I taught you. Freudian slips. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think it's um, it's interesting that the school motto is "knowledge is power." Like, like they know that, and that's why they like they endeavor to never teach the kids anything. Yeah, you know
1: what I mean.
0: But speaking of of Spartanism, uh, let me give you a sort of an overview of what
1: it's like to be in in the school. First, we break up at five a.m. and begin sparring.
0: Uh, pretty much, <laughs> uh, you start at the start of year seven, where there is a week long boot camp in the school. Oh, fucking no way! Yeah, that's what it's called as well. <laughs> Uh, someone break out the spears. Um, oh, this boot God. camp is a week long and designed uh, designed to teach you how to behave the Michaela way. You are literally timed by teachers in the classroom how to enter and exit classrooms until a whole class of 30 kids can do it in 30 seconds, and you do it over and over and over and over again until you get it right.
5: That's a very useful skill going forward.
6: I've often had to exit a room in under 30 seconds, so actually. <laughs> Fair enough, I've got irritable mouths in there. It's um, take
1: chances with that kind of thing. Well well maybe if you'd gone to this school you'd have had less problems. Uh,
0: yeah, the the idea is that if the classroom can enter and exit in under thirty seconds, that cuts the travel time in the corridors down to a maximum of two minutes, which maximizes <laughs> learning time. I'm not kidding about just, any of this.
1: Just just fucking sprint from classroom to classroom, just absell into the fucking window, like kick it in, just like into your like chair. At your desk. No
6: unnecessary sociality,
0: citizen. It is It is good that you mentioned chairs, Alistair, because all the other vital skills that they teach you is how to sit bolt upright in a chair in silence. That is a uh, boot camp lesson.
3: <laughs> I just, I wish David was here to play his City 17 siren noises during <laughs> this, because it, it feels very...
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Michaela School. It's safer here. <laughs>
0: Uh, so some of the this is once you've passed the boot camp, you're in the Michaela School proper, uh where besides all knowing of the things, like I said, it's really about behaviour monitoring. And you know, it's good that you only have the two minutes between the classrooms, because one of the most important rules that is enforced is absolute silence in all the corridors at all times, apart from saying
1: good morning and good afternoon to each other to the teachers. So we see so we used to fight with a t- one of with one teacher who like I don't know I don't know what the dude's issue was, but we'd risk <laughs> Being like 12, we would just say good morning to him in the afternoon and good afternoon to him in the morning, and he'd always say that back to us. So, like, kids will find a way.
0: (laughs) Not really, because absolute silence must be maintained, because otherwise the infractions and the detentions come very thick and fast. And the reason, according to Catherine Burblesingh, why you must have these, uh, these silences is that if Pupils chat in the corridor. They will immediately, in their feral state, resort to bullying or even stabbing, and that is why. Does anyone, uh,
4: does,
1: does, anyone does anyone get any like
2: union busty vibes from this? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: because no, but I, I, I I'm I'm gonna have to say that like those kids aren't like you, you can't have kids speaking in the corridor. Um, and I'm sorry because like my my school ruined that for everyone because like we we used to just we 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 used to have one lesson a week where the teacher was um would openly also weep. no the, the teacher was the teacher it was the first lesson on a thursday and and the teacher was like the fourth year's head of year so his like first thing they were getting their like uh, assembly and he would be like really late to that class every week and so we would just be like two rows of kids lined up in one of the corridors um either side of the corridor and when people like kids would walk past us we'd play like boot alley and just try and kick the legs out from another <laughs> yeah. and um and we did that to a french teacher once <laughs> <laughs> it's broken uh, Sorry, it's broken
6: window schooling isn't it it's like uh, yeah. yeah maybe you could apply that to like you know the real world maybe you just don't have anyone talk to anyone
0: I mean, well, you are further constrained by with talking from anybody because um, not only are there no phones allowed at school, the school tries to enforce that the kids don't even have a phone at home because it gets in the way what? of doing homework and sleeping.
1: Yeah, you can't even have one of the fucking uh, ring-doll jobbies either.
3: <laughs> like, when you said Alistair, this has a vibe of union busting, you're not wrong because, let's be clear, the purpose of schooling as it's construed in britain and largely actually around the western world is to produce people who are primarily suited to work in rope positions in like factories and similar and so yes this is union busting it's union busting at the source rather than you know later in the actual factory is what this kind of shit is i mean
1: it's it's it is interesting because it's like it is the like apotheosis of the individualist Like ideology of you are an individual who who should like eschew all endeavours like social or otherwise, except for the Herculean task of memorising your times tables. Mm -hmm. But I mean, and also you're not an
0: individual. That's the other big part. You know, like you're just a cog. (sighs) Really, that's the, um, and one of the cog ways that's done, I wanted to get back to what if we just recited Rudyard Kipling's If, is every day they have lunch with the teachers in some kind of assembly hall or, so, or something or other, uh, where according to uh, Catherine Burbelsing, kids are taught to cut their food, which apparently they didn't know before coming to this particular school.
1: Just eating a whole fucking burger, hole. like a, a pizza if it doesn't come sliced, it's just a nightmare. <laughs> but to be fair, some of the discussions about
0: eating food on this podcast, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of you didn't cut your food. But that's a different subject. Let's compromise. <laughs> Let's
6: compromise. I mean, you can't go town.
0: Um, so yeah the kids have lunch with the teachers at the table
1: uh, where oh my god one of them oh fuck me I love to sit down for lunch with my boss every day
3: yeah, yeah it's, it's management is present at all meetings Yeah,
0: you, you're, you're not wrong about union busting um, where one kid has to bring the plates to the table another brings the food another lays the cutlery um, it is enforced another one is
1: eaten <laughs> it is enforced <laughs> to say thank you at all times and kids. good, good afternoon I uh, hope you are having a good financial quarter. Thank you very much. I am having a very good indeed financial quarter. Uh, pretty close. I shall see you in the coming week. According to Wikipedia,
0: uh, it is mandatory that kids must hold eye contact with the teachers and other students at all times when the others are talking. Jeez. <laughs>
4: Don't blink! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Um, nice. And at the end of the lunch, there is a mandatory poetry recycling where all the students stand up at the same time and bellow the same poem out. Like, oh,
1: captain, my captain.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, literally, the poem cited is Rudyard Kipling's If.
6: Of course Of course, it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Because it's, it's more about aesthetics than it is about any actual theory of learning. None of this is for the kids. It's for the parents and the media people who are watching it.
1: Yeah. After oh, education, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's education as spectacle, as written for by the Daily Mail, yeah. right? Yeah, of course
6: you'd hear that. Because yes. also, put that in a different context. If I told you that there was a, like, made up a scare story about some, like, liberal school where every day the kids sit down and have to have lunch with the teachers, with all the doily, like, and if you embellish it, they have to put out a fancy tablecloth. It's not preparing them for life. If you put a different spin on that, that's a hippie school. So it's mm-hmm. bollocks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, however, there's one significant uh, alteration to the program. That is, if your parents are in any way late in paying the lunch fees, then you and the other porps can eat in detention.
4: Of course.
1: Of course. Oh, lovely. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, can oh, I ask a po- serious question? Better's prisons, but for yes. kids. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sorry.
3: Actual. Sorry. Right. Actually, I, I, I want to ask this in all seriousness. How is detention worse than what you've described? <laughs> Sounds quite nice. You don't have to stare at a teacher while you're
4: trying to <laughs> yeah. I,
6: think, I can't remember if it was another, like, one of these harsh education institute things, that there was something about, like, oh, you sit in a classroom and do the same thing, when you've got, like, classical music playing.
0: Yeah, it is a bit <laughs> along those lines. I, the I can't remember if detention. that was Michaela or something else. But... No, that's another one. But Michaela, apparently, you have to, like... It's like Maoist self critique, like you have to sit there and write down your bad behaviours <laughs> and why they were bad and I what be, you were going to do I'll, to improve I'll, I'll
6: them. I'll be honest, that does sound like stories I've heard from like a lot of schools. That doesn't mm. sound like particularly out of the ordinary. Like I know a lot of this is like the fancier stuff is like, Yeah, that's obviously horrific. And but like there's a number of things in here where it's like, no, that's what teachers in other schools try to do to, to do to us anyway. Sit quietly, like, stand up when a teacher comes in, say thank you, all
5: that kind of shit. My kids' school was pretty much a lot of this, except without the reading out poetry and having to stare at teachers in the eye, but they still had to do all the, um, learn by rote, be quiet in corridors bollocks. It's just been given a more Daily Mail-approved spin to make it seem so, like... Literally
6: media-friendly.
5: Yeah, but, like, she, like, I I was talking to her about, like, I was like... Do you remember what was your GCSEs like? And she was like, Oh yeah, it was just read, cover, write it out, read, cover, write it out, read, cover, write it out until I did my A levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to wrap up on
0: lunch, one more thing. There's about 120 pupils. At the end of lunch, each pupil must stand up individually and thank another pupil or student for something they have done that day. After which the entire 119 other pupils must clap twice and then it goes on to the next pupil.
1: Oh, I mean, that's... are they are they doing this while they're wearing like long flowing robes? With <laughs> while <laughs> sipping their lovely orange Kool Aid, um, while, cu-
6: while doing a cover version of to- the video of in to- the Tops-
0: Heart." The- a <laughs> <laughs> uh, few other bits and bobs. If they can't
1: they can't clap too many times, or it's just a fucking friends intro. Um... <laughs> Yeah, a few
0: other bits, bits and bobs from a blog maintained by one of the teachers uh, on a list of permitted excuses for not doing homework. One of them is, a child has lost a loved one and has to attend the funeral instead of going to school.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but okay. that's, not mm. the,
0: that's not the interesting part. Instead of expecting the homework from that evening, we do not set detention. However... Although it is difficult, we expect the homework to be completed from then on while offering emotional support. So you get one day off from homework if your mum dies. Literally.
1: Oh my... I mean, like, literally literally worse than, like, the worst working conditions I can think of that I've had to experience uh, in this country.
5: I had to do homework when, um, I had to carry on doing my homework when my dad died. And I got a detention when my car blew up and burnt my homework. <laughs> they refused God. to believe me and they gave me a detention. <laughs> and to be fair, I
6: didn't believe <laughs> <laughs> But,
5: like, yeah, you know, they, they made me bring in the burnt remains of the books. That's
6: awesome.
5: <laughs> I didn't get any emotional support. This school sounds amazing. Well, I mean, you do get some kind of support. Let me read you the,
0: the last bit. Uh, the school does offer emotional support, listening, guidance, and stoical and Tibetan philosophy to help them overcome <laughs> grief and bereavement.
1: We also- wow. So, so traditionalists quite literally in the, in like the ancient Greek See, sense of the Stoics. if you put that into a Daily
6: Mail scare story and just called the Michaela School liberal, you would have people yeah. hating it.
0: Yes. Mm. Um, we also preempt the emotion of grief um, by teaching them Eastern wisdom about mortality before they encounter <laughs> bereavement, we all mm. inevitably encounter in our lives.
6: Definitely. I can't believe there's so much anti British teaching going on
4: in this school. Anti wines, anti British.
2: Two things I'm taking away from this is that if you're at that school and you haven't finished your homework, you can kill an uncle to get a day's like reprieve. (laughs) And then secondly, it sounds like they're training these kids to be Batman.
0: (laughs) Yes. With the same psychological issues, one supposes. Yeah.
6: Every day they break a pearl necklace.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, as to, um, you know, we already talked a little bit about what they learn. Let me quote again from Catherine Burblesing. Dead white writers remain at the core of what we do. Children must Mm -hmm. know Shakespeare and Wordsworth so they arrive, quote-unquote, on equal footing with their peers at university. But, I mean, I never heard Wordsworth. We learn
6: Shakespeare. Everyone does that as part of the national curriculum. But why, I mean, okay, no, fine. Okay, you pick one. Life of those writers. If you're going to be Shakespeare. Everybody does it. You know, be equal with your peers, But like, but who else? I'd love to hear anyone else. That going oh to no, play.
0: not 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 just some Shakespeare. It is mandatory that you read and write essays about five Shakespeare plays in three years.
6: Sure, fine, whatever. Like, <laughs> but what? What does like? Okay, I, what? Like,
1: Adam, Adam short circuit. That's
6: that's everybody. That's every fucking school. That's <laughs> yes. everybody in this fucking country Shakespeare You're not special You're not doing something above and beyond You're <laughs> to just teaching the national curriculum
1: Yeah but with the right vibes <sighs> And with constant eye contact <laughs> <laughs> got
4: um, a feeling this might
0: be a bit of a grift uh, as, as, as I mentioned A, no, a grift no, no, in this day and age sure, Under this not <laughs> Um just, just you wait until they uh, they get invested in by a by a pension fund to bring this model to, to <laughs> everywhere in the UK. Um, so, as I think I briefly mentioned before, um, the staff at the Michaela School has also published two books. The first one being called. I mean these 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 got these the staff there have to be a bunch of fucking oh they are psychos, psychos. Though, right yeah they are fucking psychos. I read like I said, I read one of their teachers' blogs, and it's like yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, let me mildly put it that way.
1: <laughs> would you would you would you describe it more like a manifesto? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the first book by the way is called Battle Hymn of the Tiger Teachers.
1: Oh uh... fuck me. This is this is a dwarf fortress randomly generated. Uh, it's for
6: the Tiger Mother thing, isn't
1: it? Yes, it yeah. is. The Tiger Mother thing.
0: The book was called A Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother, which was Amy Chua, I want to say.
6: Yeah, I think it was yeah.
1: The it menaces with spikes of children's bones. What the fuck is
6: this? Tiger Mother was like, uh, it was a book, I mean, it was word before that, but it was a, a, a Chinese-American woman who, like, basically said, oh, yeah, you've got to really push your kids like they do in China.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like,
6: if you want them to get on the violin, you have to start them the two and give them nothing but the violin. If you want them to be a tennis star, you have to drill them in tennis and nothing else.
1: You have to rigidly monitor all of their and, time. Um... Hasn't hasn't only good things come from this system? Oh, amazing. I amazing. Yeah.
5: Also, it's only over really good books on education that have the start of the title be Battle Hymn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a fight. This book is for bards only. Yeah. I mean,
0: essentially Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother is what if we took the Michaela philosophy and applied it to your home
1: and your the rest of your life? I mean, it is it is just like uh austere uh stoic philosophy. Like literally I'm just it just makes you think these people. I mean, I know these these people if they if they were like nobodies would be a bunch of fucking uh like ancient bust people on Twitter. But like it really is just oozing out of them that they want to return to like an imagined ancient Greece. What
6: what, what kills me about this right, is that yeah okay what they're doing is emphasizing like kindness and politeness into what they see as the roughness that kids, um, especially poor kids, working class kids, experience outside. their imagine. All of their lives are completely feral, and you know, like constantly marked by aggression and violence. But at the same time, you're you're trying to say that you're, they they say that they're trying to teach them like politeness, and sharing, wait your turn, right? The perfectly okay mm-hmm. things to teach, but also it's completely at the opposite of everything that's valued by this society. Anybody who yeah. comes into a workplace or tries to kind of actually act in that manner in modern Britain, you would call them a fucking chump. Because yeah, the no. whole point of modern Britain is that you're supposed to, by hook or by crook, jump the fucking queue and grift as many groups as you can along the way. Every piece of advertising screams at you to, like,
0: be, be, an your, be your
6: best, be an individual, you know, don't wait your turn. I mean, they've even wrapped in, like, a BAME kind of liberation politics into that. So it's like, oh, you put a, a, a person of colour up on an advert and you say, don't wait your turn, you've been held back long enough. And that services neoliberal capitalism. So any kind of notion that outside is somehow due to working classness or feralness and not the actual capitalist civilization that we live in is so fucking bogus and hypocritical.
0: I mean, it, in, in, in that sense, it's super interesting because what, what, we heard, what we did last week when we read the two speeches to the CBI is that both Boris and Keith say that the most important things in terms of skill development are creativity and group work, the two things that are explicitly pushed out by this way of teaching.
6: Yeah, there's a, there's a, I, I read some old articles because the Kayla School took a while to get up and running. In fact, it was originally, I think, a tooting, the um, but they had too many secondary school places already. They had they were oversubscribed for secondary school places, so she uh, eventually got a site in Britain. And the original ethos, the ethos of the school, this was in like 2012, was going to be a proper camera you're going to learn Mandarin and Latin, and you're going to have, basically, uh, I think she actually said it was going to be a state school with a private ethos. That disappeared. That's, so. That
0: line's still maintained, by the way. That's You still see that yeah. sometimes. Yeah,
6: but, it, but the emphasis has twisted suddenly. It's, oh, we're also going to learn politeness because we're in new levelling-up uh, Red Wall kind of values territory now rather than just, actually, it's better to be elite.
3: Like, I mean... Sorry, this is, I hate to jump in a second, but it does tell you a lot about their kind of inherent attitude towards the North and towards the caricatures they put in there, that they think that the politeness politeness, is what needs to be learned to deal with the problems of the North, essentially, which kind of... You're don't know, morally... It's it, you know, it, it people that,
6: are morally compul- uh, culpable for the economic um, yes. strangulation of their yes.
3: I Yes. I do also
1: wonder, like, what position kids who are, you know, neurodivergent, and obviously so at uh, the age that they're going through this school, or kids who just, you know, I mean, not not literally, by definition, not every kid can be the smartest kid in the school. Like, what happened, like, because just the derision that oozes off (laughs) of this for children in general is pretty disgusting, but I can only imagine that's even ramped up even more for kids who are like, you know... underachieving, yeah. which is a, fu- a fucking term that I it's hate. It's that thing of... Um, which
4: is
5: why they have selection for A-levels, so they can get rid of yeah, them.
6: Yeah.
4: It's just yeah, like, yeah, we yeah, you
5: know, yeah.
6: mentioned about the, the Russell Group uh, admissions for the, the A-level students, it's like something like 70%. That's not replic... That's physically not replicable. You could mm. not apply that level of university admissions to every school, because 70% percent all school leavers would be going to, like, these, these, like, these universities. So, yeah. yeah. What are, you, what are you trying to say? This school is built on the idea that they're looking down on other schools. They're, they're unorthodox. You, we could do it better if you just do it like us. Well, no, you physically couldn't achieve those results.
5: Isn't there a thing with um, the Michaela School where they're taught that as well to like look down yeah. on the local? I mean, schools a, a, yeah, Adam, that th- that's
0: a specific thing. Uh, in the book, I didn't read it because I couldn't find a, a copy, but I did read a, a review in Schools Week by Jules Dobley, who mentions the following mm-hmm. bit in the top of the pyramid chapter, in which the teacher outlines how Michaela pupils should embrace a them and us culture to distinguish embrace the pyramid to distinguish themselves from the inferior behaviour of less fortunates. So you're not meant to replicate it everywhere. You're yeah. just meant to get a cadre who despise the poor.
5: That's straight up a thing that we had at school. Yeah. It was a sort of proper culture shock when I left. Yeah. It was like a solid month. Of, like, I was genuinely terrified when I left that I was being like tossed out into the wilderness where i would be mauled by poor people and killed. Um, but then within a week, I was like, oh my god, this is so much better. I can smoke. <laughs> yeah, you can finally be cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. By my jinkos!
6: It's the difference in, dis- in the, what discipline means. Because to me, this sounds like a very austere school, very disciplined school. But like, there's a lot of elements that are in a lot of other schools. What it sounds like to me is that if you were to apply this, like, oh, discipline is the thing that kids need. It means for rich kids, it means a lot more attention. For poor kids, it means we're going to put cops in the school to make sure to drag you off. Yeah, that's what Actually, that know, means. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that's you already see that because there's already been like a huge growth of like ex-military and ex corps being put into schools pretty much for that purpose. I think in this government, or certainly under Theresa May, there was like a specific program to get ex-soldiers in the classroom. Yeah,
3: yeah. This whole thing is explainable through the model that David and I have been talking through, which is that essentially with the death of an extended Imperium, for britain to turn to and rule over that imperium has to be recreated internally and it's being recreated in the poorest in society and and that's kind of why these lessons from the, the externality are coming home now so that we're now dealing with um you know our children like our children being essentially divided into classes right from the get-go but not just classes in the economic sense, but classes in a real kind of status pyramid sense, where yeah. either you're part of the elect or you're just, like, worthless. And this is all it's going to do. And you, you talked about, you know, what's going to happen to, you know, neurodivergent kids. And the answer is we just want them to die.
0: Yeah, yeah they'll just, mm-hmm. they don't rate because they're not, they can't be part of it and there's one more aspect i wanted to touch on because it, it it it's very much part of this and why i think it's also of this moment right now is is at the end of, um if you look at the the, the book or in the, in the inside cover uh there's there's a, a false claim on the front of the book which says this school should be banned exclamation mark it it says it on the cover this is from the the review i read the quote about this book should be banned is not from A head teacher or like somebody at the Ministry of Education or any of that uh, someone outraged by this way of of teaching students. The quote is by one of Michaela's very best friends and fellow provocateur, Toby Young. Because this all, to me like all of this fits very much together you know, you see her uh, you know, like I said, it, it, on the school web page, it's the first page is education, and the second page is is culture war, and and, and that's what interests me so yeah, much. Yeah,
1: Adam, Adam, and Hugh, if we could just if we could just get you after we've wrapped up here at the end, to just to to just say that this podcast should be banned, <laughs> and then we can slap that <laughs> yeah. over the top. You know, I'll do that.
5: <laughs> I am. Um, I, I could be like Toby Young, although I've got friends.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, do you have four friends? maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean it combines this this incredibly utilitarian rote learning you know getting you ready for the factory floor where you never disagree with your manager uh with sort of uh, uh, like this certainly a, a very classic tory attitude about the deserving and the non-deserving and meritocracy and and you pull yourselves up by by the bootstraps um All the actions that you do in the school are yours, must be owned and have consequences. If you fail at the school and are excluded or mysteriously dropped from the A-level group, that's not the school's fault. That is your own fault because you didn't learn enough. Um, You know, It's also a school that seems very much organized around making the life for the parents and the adults and the teachers as predictable and as easy as possible with just brutal levels of discipline. And all of this, of course, slots neatly into this perpetual outrage war on woke that Spike and the new Tory party love so much. Because this, you put this out in front, so all the Guardian Reavers sort of lose their shit over it. Because you just generate another front and you just boost the people on your side more.
2: Yeah, I think the um, I think the, the dream for these people is to eventually have a school that attracts the kind of parents that do not object if, if the teachers decide the best thing to do is disappear their children.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I say, if they can't pass a, uh, a reading test to a sufficient standard they just get executed in the court. Yeah. It, um, it is yeah, interesting
6: how kind of the, old, like, yeah, the, the old imperial model has come back has tried to come back because one of the original promises and kind of neoliberalism was that it would eliminate class, you wouldn't have class, you just have the entire yeah. pool of consumers. And because that has failed, all that kind of attempts to reform human beings to be like receptive to market signals and that kind of thing, they've started to blame people for not adjusting to it. So they've had to go back to the old yeah. way of doing things of inserting and asserting hegemony very blatantly and very physically sit them down, force them to pay attention and will tell you what's what. It's interesting that like this like wave of strict education is often presented and, and in the kind of schools that get the most with other kind of things that, like I say, if they were in a liberal school, it would be presented as like reasons that kids are failing. And it's interesting that the only kids who can, because they're trying to train, like, train these kids in, to only have to have the discipline to recognise choice, neoliberal choice, when they see it, and the only kids who can be trusted to have choice are those with the money to prove that they've, they've mastered the system. Yeah. yeah who could yeah.
0: to move around to go to the and, and let me read you briefly from the school website. Uh, this is on, the, I think, the front page or just about the school, whatever it is. Uh, once, a ch- once a child joins Michaela, families comment on how their children's characters change for the better, even at home. At Michaela, children don't just learn a lot, they become better
3: people.
1: Oh. I mean, the, I like how they don't specify in what ways the children change. Well, they become
3: they become quieter. What kind of
6: person do you, do you actually want? Because it yeah. They don't seem clear. They just seem to be saying better people. And this chimes with something she said recently about um, kids having original sin, like kids being born with original oh, sin. Oh, yeah, she did. Um, she oh, used it. I mean, she, she did use an illusion. I, I do think it was like a, like a poetic metaphor, whatever the actual word believes. But she believes that kids are born feral and evil and need goodness to reform them. And like Jordan Peterson, she refuses to actually define what that goodness is, which is the heart of any kind of moral philosophy. So you're left with absolutely nothing because she needs those kids to be as flexible as possible because the world they're going into actually doesn't give a shit about whether you're well-educated or not. Like, all the stories you have about successful tech entrepreneurs starts with so I dropped out of college, so I dropped out of school. You know, they don't mention the family ever line. but essentially the narrative Mm -hmm. that everyone's told is that in the real world is you don't need school. You're going to become a footballer. You're going to become a celebrity, or you're going to become a tech entrepreneur. Either way, you're going to trick your way into success. That involves no knowledge whatsoever. So there, and that is the world that the Tories and the and Conservatives and world capitalism presides over. So it's completely at odds with both those things, which is why it seems so like at the heart of it, they're not actually sure what they want those kids to be because they don't really get They don't. They don't want them to be.
3: They care about the fawning headlines, but that's kind of yeah. it, really. See, I, I was going to say the sad thing about this, and you've kind of it ties in very neatly with what you've said there. The sad thing about this is the parents who are so estranged from their children and from themselves by extension that they don't understand what it is to be a human being and mm. to be a healthy, happy child, mm. in particular. Yeah. And like I'm coming to this from a personal perspective because my family, you know, I mean, God help me if you ever hear this, but my family have got no fucking idea what it is to be a healthy, happy, balanced, emotionally open and mature, you know, person in a loving and nurturing environment. They've got no idea that my family is basically defined by my grandfather, who was a sergeant in the British Army during police doing police action in Kandahar back in the day, and you know, he, you can imagine how he ran his you know, immediate family and then how all his children have kind of carried that forward. And so you've got this whole, there, there is like a a section of the British public at, who are so emotionally, not just repressed, but completely divorced from healthy emotion mm. that they genuinely think that, oh, well, if no one's making any noise, there's not a problem. So if the child's quiet and down and become quiet, that's okay, that's good, that means they're learning how to behave, that means they're better, they're better now. Because that's, that's what the I way should they, be, that's right? The
6: way they used to, that's the way they used to teach nurses up until, again, about 1996. Yeah. You used to stick them all into yeah. basically a prison. You weren't allowed to go out at night and you had to listen to matron. You know? Yeah. That's I the, mean, the, that James, I,
0: I'm not sure I... I I'm not sure I agree with with, with the, the the parent side of things because, like I said, it, it, this is a very poor uh, uh, borough. It, it has real structural problems, and what I can very well imagine is is that you, you know you as the parent want the best for your 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 child, and you know that there, there is stuff going on on the street that's not always easy. I'm not saying it's feral, but there are you know real social issues playing out on your street as it is and you want your child naturally because that's parents everywhere at all times under all systems they want the best for their children and they see this school you know it's weird but you know if you just prima facie believe the propaganda then you and, and you want the best for your child then i can very well imagine that you know you say well rather than you know
2: Okay, but I mean, um, I, I, hate to, I hate to shatter your, your illusion of a better, like, fucking tomorrow for all of us, but no, British people just fucking hate kids.
3: Yeah, yeah, they do, no, and no, I'm no, not yeah.
2: suggesting that, you know,
0: I'm not suggesting that this is a and good for a idea. Lot,
2: for, a lot of, for a lot of British people, there are no kids they hate more than their own kids yeah <laughs> but i mean certainly for like the people who read about
0: this like the the, the people who read the spiked and the stuff and the times and stuff yet yeah, they definitely hate the children but on the individual parental level i can well imagine that you know it's it's in it may be individually rational but you know collectively suicidal to engage in this kind of behavior and and i'm not condoning it i'm saying this is right i'm, I'm saying that the you know to me there's a level of understanding why you would even seek to put your child there
6: I could I could understand like um, if if they emphasise oh this is where kids get to have a quiet space if you have a very chaotic outside life, experience life at home and and in your area, I can understand the appeal of having this is a quiet area where you get to work on yourself. But of course, the quiet area is constantly interrupted by more more of more of the same and that chaotic world. That is what you're going back into. The skills that you, that you quote-unquote learn being in a chaotic environment way more prepare you for yeah. the, the horror of a zero-hours contracts world than sitting quietly. And that, that's a bad thing. That is a bad thing. But, you know, I know it's a bit of a cop-out to say fix society before you fix the schools, but, like, I think it has to be taken into account that, that the, the Michaela School's answer to this thing is to essentially try and Rewire people's nervous systems so that you are—you become the perfect worker. You are incapable of accepting mm-hmm. periods of inactivity, being quiet with yourself. That's like—that's what it seems like to me. I, I, yes. I just—I don't. I, it's an answer to a question no one asked.
3: And also, Rob, if I can just add one last thing, I can totally believe that a parent—you know—in poverty, without any of choice, they, they, they do this and they put up with it, right? But. By the same token, any parent that actually is connected to a child is gonna notice that things are shit. They're gonna know that things are shit. Yeah, and I think that's the problem here. Like, um, you know, as Jamie says, there's a lot of parents which are so emotionally disconnected from their children that even if they, you know, do notice have gone a bit quiet, they will think it's a good thing. And this is this is the uniquely British yeah, yeah. disease, frankly. No, I mean, I, yeah, how we treat of our of kids. Course. I mean,
0: to me, like if because we were talking a little bit about Empire before, and weirdly enough, the thing, I just thought of it, what this whole business reminded me of, do you guys know what Barnardo's is? It was a very... Yes. yes. And Barnardo's used to do this thing very, very famously. They also almost went bankrupt, or they did go bankrupt later, which, very British as well, um, is that they used to do this thing. They had these big ad campaigns where they would take, like, Victorian street urchins off the street and then literally, like, dress them in, like slightly revealing rags essentially and then like they do an after photo where they'd be like dressed up in shiny and 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 iron shirts and that kind of stuff and they would sort of take you know feral ragamuffins and then turn them into productive subjects of capitalism and this reminds me extraordinarily of, of that same conjuring trick the same magic the ne- same nonsense because yeah. it was all like those posters were not real they were literally designed as ad campaigns to get the donations flowing in
3: I mean it mm. all comes from the same place doesn't it, children are feral little monsters you know, they, re- they require the rod, spare the rod, spoil the child is the uniquely British but also disease. they're very
6: useful because nothing tugs the heartstrings like a kid, the, the story of a child yeah. no, like, there is yeah. there is no uh, it's something that Catherine Singh does a lot which is when she's grandstanding at a Tory party conference and telling people what to know Jeremy Corbyn, then she's allowed to be political. And it's outrageous that a teacher's allowed to be political. But when you actually do politics at her, try to engage with her on a political level, no, I'm just a teacher, I'm not political. It's that kind of thing mm-hmm. that, like, they're constantly trying to avoid any kind of thing and use, essentially use the children for their own particular... I mean, it almost goes beyond politics into a kind of a societal project, except they're not quite sure what that societal Project is. None of the white, none of the Spike people actually
3: care about any of their issues. They care about how it plays to the people they care
1: about, which are their peers, their class yeah. peers. Cargo cult grifter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do the, the one thing that I, I mean we've obviously said a lot about sort of the the like influences and sort of political goals, such as they are, of this. It's it's one, but I
0: think there's an. Uh, I mean, this is one school. I think they were planning an expansion, but there's a there's a bunch of like imitators. Of course, have have uh, uh, sprouted uh, up in the meantime. I
6: think there's I think there's going to be another school in Steve.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also the Mossbourne Academy right. in Hackney, the King Solomon Academy in Paddington, and there's a new one whose name I've forgotten. But they made the headlines, Natch, in the Telegraph and the Times, that they were enforcing a rule that children
1: must smile all the time. I mean, the think the thing the thing that really does just the thing that sticks out to me first and foremost like through all the shit that we've read or like the rob you've yeah. read oh, out <laughs> to us about what this fucking school does is that just the 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 kids are not human uh that is just like just such a yeah alien idea that these are actually human beings that have like yeah. passions and you know interests and whatever like rough around the edges so it might, they may be but like what why does that mean that you have to you know become a dead eye automaton to like yeah. service a fucking Amazon warehouse what what wrong have you committed uh, except for being born in the wrong fucking postcode well, that's that's
6: why and earlier like i think as education changes with the kind of capitalism they want, they actually don't want self directed people got enough of them the class is full so what you do actually need are people whose nervous systems are so fucking shot that they can pay perfect attention all of the time to any particular role that you haven't been able to automate
0: yet yeah and you instill Mm -hmm. naturally a sense of hierarchy never mind what the actual name of it is you just need to train a class of people to jump when the hierarchy whoever defines says jump and and to me, I mean, what I find interesting, certainly in the right now, because we were just talking about, like, the first A-level classes have passed through the system, is, like, and, and suppose you're one of these kids and you've done the, the automaton thing and you've received, achieved really high results and you go, I don't know, to Oxbridge or something, like, what happens to them when they en- enter a university and encounter, like, this totally different world where, where you know, certainly...
1: The- yeah, maximum maximum discipline to essentially zero discipline? I mean, like, I know obviously, fucking like in Oxford and Cambridge are like... Yeah, yeah, but... You know, they're not, they're not the same as other universities, but, like, the, the, there, is, there is no discipline other than, well, if you fuck up, you're out. But
0: what must it be like to have this level of, like, roted education and this level of drill sergeantry and then you get into Oxbridge and you walk into one of your colleges on the first day and you meet, you know, a gang of toffs from or Harrow or whatever, who are just, like, hooting and hollering like apes you know
3: that clearly they <laughs> you are bow the, down to your you know, betters because you don't know how to I, handle it.
6: I went to, um, so I went to University of Lincoln, which was uh, kind of one of those uh, schools that got turned from a polytechnic into a university. Like quite uh. low down the, the tables, but it was dead cheap, um, and you know it was <laughs> right. Um Every single lesson in at least the first two years, you had a mix in. I didn't know history, you had a mix in. mostly obviously younger kids sick forms, and some kind of middle-aged women, a couple of old men, like who'd retired, that kind of thing. When the lecturer would ask a question, there would be silence. No one knew how to formulate or had the confidence to formulate their own thoughts. And I came from a very traditional, like that, that tradition kind of like harsh disciplined school. And I saw people around me who hadn't gone to those schools doing things like setting up their own club nights. That blew my fucking mind. I didn't know I yeah. to do that because I had no self direction. It took this the podcast our podcast we talk about the weather, ready, Um is the first thing <laughs> I never
0: heard, never heard of it. We just we just drag a couple of random strangers in really to do these shows with us. <laughs> it
6: is it is the first thing I've ever done that I've like created projects or like self directed. I do not have that entrepreneurial like thing for I know it's a bad word, but I do not have that self starting thing. And I blame it partially on my laziness, but also partially on the fact that <laughs> I simply was not brought up with the idea that that was a thing. I was brought up to think that you did the qualifications, and then you got a slightly better job than your parents, and you sat at that job for twenty years, and if you didn't make any noise, you'd eventually just you'd just be all right. Yeah, I had yeah. none of that. Really.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, and I have no idea. Like, if if you're one of these Michaela schoolbots, like. Again, it, not just university. But what and what happens when you enter the workforce? It, you know, not at the Amazon uh, 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 work poorhouse level, but you know, at, at any level of, of, of creativity or you know where where group thinking and projects and self starter nonsense is, is, is required. Like I, they must imp they must implode on on contact. I mean, I'm
6: gonna I'm gonna take a bet that these students in particular, perhaps not at once from other harsher I have a, probably a bet that there are a number of kind of people associated with the kind of larger Tory apparatus who are going to be very interested in those kids throughout their
0: careers. Yeah, because that's yeah. the
6: Michaela School way. They had so many that every if you search Michaela School on Twitter, all you'll get is international private education experts going for visits. They had help from yeah. Anthony mm-hmm. Seldon, who's like a big uh, private school. I think it's a knight in the Lord or something. They had so much help. They had so much help from the Department of Education. They had everyone singing their praises, news articles. The kids from those schools, and that school in particular, especially the first generation, are probably going to be alright because they're going to be guided the whole way. And that's the big takeaway, isn't it? That actually, if you have a patron, if you have a mentor, you're probably going to be alright.
0: You mean you reckon they'll all end up in like the uh, Adam Smith Institute that
3: span? I,
6: the, more than one of them will have a policy
3: exchange job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the... Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always been the British Empire's way, isn't it? It turns out people to fit very orchestrated roles, but what it never reflects is what are the people who can't make themselves fit. This... This
1: is the phony baloney jobs factory. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, and, 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 and this, is, this
0: is where the sausage is yeah. made. And Adam, we were talking a little <laughs> bit uh, uh, before the, the recording on, on Twitter. I think, you know, this is also the same model. These types of people in, a, a century ago would have gone off and formed the colonial police in Kenya or in Burma or whatever.
6: Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, the, the, the old colonial class, their strict educations, half of the time they would go and be absolute psychopaths in service of the British Empire. The other half of the time, they will be absolute psychopaths in terms of hating the actual core yeah. of the British Empire and striking off on their own. You know, you're thinking of your Sussexes, uh, even mm-hmm. you're like uh, Charles Gordon what? to a certain extent. It was like, that. Yeah, yeah. oh, I hate the old, I hate the old way of thinking that was drilled into me. So here's now I make myself the overlord of entire
0: formations. Yeah, or you get uh, like Edmund Hillary's or, or Chris Bonington's, like weird people who just search the, the limits of human activity. The,
6: the, the limits of human endurance, because yeah. there's something inside that's
0: broken. Well, I think that's a very positive note to leave yet another <laughs> 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 uh, happy episode on. Um, Adam and Hugh, this time I won't, like last time, belittle your podcast, because I do genuinely, it is a fucking recommendation <laughs> on my part. Uh, I listen to it every week, pretty much, on the day that it comes out. But do you please plug uh, We Don't Talk About The Weather?
6: Yeah, we, it's the podcast. You can follow us at twitter.com slash WDTADW underscore podcast. A uh, bit difficult recording at the moment because uh, I've got coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are still going. Um, keep an eye on the Twitter feed for new episodes.
3: For now. Yeah, I'll go over from, to
5: yours in like a full hazmat suit.
1: Yeah, Hugh, Hugh can Hugh you can just climb into the iron lung without a mega <laughs> flying.
5: Yeah, or I'll just record from outside the window. <laughs>
1: that's,
6: that's how we. That's how we get so into it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I
0: mean, I'm, I'm pleased to announce that like the Omega variant uh, of Corona is now also uh, distributed through Discord and all podcast channels. So congratulations to our listeners. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Another town for my plague. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, uh, f- f- then from here in Nurgle's Festive Garden, uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.